The Lord, this is Brother Julius Adeomi. We are going through the Gospel of John, and we're now in chapter 11. And this chapter 11 is uh, the chapter where Apostle John reported the rest, the raising up of Lazarus. And the Lord Jesus gave us some more insights, some more mysteries in this chapter. Let's read. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany. The time of Mary and her sister Martha. Verse 2 said, It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, when you look at that uh, description of who, which Mary was he talking about, uh, you know, that was the Mary, the brother of Lazarus. But there were two occasions where the Lord Christ was anointed with with perfume on his feet and somebody wiped it with a hair, two occasions. One occasion was said to be a woman that was said to be a sinner. In the house of one Simon the Pharisee, which one of the apostles, Matthew or Luke or something, reported. Now this was the only is different from the one that John was reporting here that Mary wiped or anointed the Lord Jesus Christ's feet, which was before his bear, before his crucifixion, very close to his crucifixion, after Lazarus was resurrected. And that was reported that Mary came and anointed Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible in that one said he poured it upon his hair, upon his head. Oh no, he said, another place they say he poured it upon his head, but Apostle John said he poured it upon his feet. And use a hair to wipe it so that the whole place is perfumed. So they don't know whether it's the hair that is smelling or the feet that is smelling. So that's why the people, some people thought he poured it upon his head. And it's according to our position, but it definitely was there. So he, poured, he poured it upon Jesus Christ's feet and wiped the feet with her hair. We take that of record of our position to be more accurate than the other one that said. Mary point upon Jesus Christ's head. So let's go ahead now. He said, and that's why he put in parentheses in Javas 2, trying to tell us who is this Mary I'm talking about. He says, the brother of the sister of Lazarus. I'll tell you. Therefore, his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, you whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard it, and that he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And that statement of Jesus Christ was saying, he could, you know that this Lazarus was not old enough to die, he was a young man. And for the, this thing must be, it's a setup. That's why Christ was alluding to that, this is a setup. But how do you know it's a setup? Because he said it's not unto death. But for the glory of God, that the Son of Man, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, can be glorified. He was going to raise up Lazarus. So somebody has to be the, the 
experimental apparatus, nothing. Nobody wants to be the experimental apparatus, because you don't know, nobody told you about this, that this is what is happening, nothing. Mary and Martha and Lazarus didn't know that they are being set up as experimental apparatus. It's something like the story of Job. Job was like an experimental apparatus. You, you guys go to a laboratory in, in chemistry and you they put all this in and that's going to be our experimental apparatus. And the man that's going to experiment is going to use them. So, but see, that is what Job was. The situation that happened to Job was almost like it was being used as a test case. But God was revealing it to him later. That's how it was reported. Not that he knew what was happening before it happened. So this Lazarus case also, Jesus Christ knew what is going on, that he's going to be used as an experimental apparatus. He said, to the glory of God, so the Son of Man can be glorified. The Lazarus didn't know about it. He just felt sick. His sister didn't know about it. They were weeping and trying and crying. Also, they say God brought the miracle back. That doesn't mean that everyone that is sick is, uh, is being used by God. No, this is a special case. That's what Christ said. This is a special case. Because people thought where well, God put this sickness upon them to humble them. No, God does not put sickness upon people. But this particular one is a special case. God said to glorify the Son of God. And so he, did, he stayed back. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. In short, he could have said, well, if he doesn't want him to be sick, you can just pray for God. If somebody said, just speak from there also. My servant will be made oh. Christ could have spoken from there and the sickness will have disappeared also. But he didn't, he, he knew that he said, this is a setup. That's what I'm saying. This is a setup. Though the family didn't know about it, but the Son of Man, the Son of God knew about it. It is a setup to glorify Jesus Christ. So he allowed it to go into the extreme. Four days in the grave before he showed up. Because... This is a setup, an experimental apparatus, like I call it. So he had both two more days. After he had, he didn't pray about it. He didn't say he didn't do about it. He just stayed two more days away from the where he was. But seven said, then after that, he said he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. Judea is where Bethany is. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee. And goes thou thither again. I mean, the disciples are now scared for his sake. Because every time he comes to Judea, these people are not accepting his message. The rulers of the temple, the Jews that are religious fanatics, they were not accepted. They wanted to stone him. They said he called himself God. They took up stone to stone him. He has to escape from there. So that's why the Jews don't want the, the disciples don't want to go back there again. So they were now in a hiding, almost like a hiding. He went to another section that is far that is far away from Judea. It's like a wilderness area and where nobody will come and locate them. They say, well, we don't want to go there again. Why do you want to go back to that Judea where they want to stone you? Last time. But Jesus Christ answered and said, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he see the light of this world. But if a man walks in the night, he stumbles because there is no light in him. So John Christ said, Well, I know what I'm doing. That's what he was saying. Uh, it's the bright daylight. I, I, don't, I don't stumble. I, I'm not going to stumble because I can see. I know when this thing goes up. It's what he said. We have to be at the last Passover. 
So he said, let's go back to Judea. Verse 11. So this thing said he, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus is telling them what he, why he was going to Judea again. So that they can come along. Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Use the word sleepeth because the Bible said, they that sleep in the dust, that's what the angel told Daniel, Daniel chapter 12. The many that sleep in the dust, they are sleeping in the dust, dead, buried, rotten. That's what they are sleeping in the dust, but you see, then to, to God they are sleeping because they are spirit and soul somewhere. God is going to bring them back and, and bring a new body for them. But that's why he called them, they are sleeping in dust in the book of Daniel chapter 12. And Jesus can use that terminology that the Lazarus is sleeping, even though he's physically dead. But the apostles didn't know about that because the people came and said he was sick. Pray, 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 or come. He didn't pray, he didn't come. He just stayed there two more days. And now he said, let's go and go and meet them over there. And he said, well, we don't want to go there. He said, Lazarus is sleeping, but he's dead. Let's go and meet him. Because that's what I tell them. So he said, he's sleeping. But 12 said, then said the disciples, Lord, if he sleeps, he shall do well. Why don't we go there? Because he's sleeping. They thought he was just sleeping, physical sleep. If he's sleeping, let him alone. Let him sleep. He'll do well. They can go there because of that. Verse 13. Abi, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Verse 14. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. <gasps> Somebody they knew, somebody that they knew is younger than them, is dead. And verse 15 says, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. So Christ was telling the desired apostles that Lazarus is dead. Well, we just had two days ago that he was sick, seriously sick. Now he's dead. You, you know he's dead. That's what Jesus Christ told them because Jesus Christ didn't get Adam and say he's dead, don't come anymore. So he just told them what has happened. He has seen it in the spirit that Lazarus is dead. So he now said, let's go and meet him. Well, now they now see the reason why they have to go there, at least to comfort the, the Mary and Martha who are their friends. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go. That we may die with him. That's how people do in the days when somebody died. They say, we are going to mourn. Oh, I'm going to die with you. I'm going to die with you. No, they don't really want to die with him. But it's like a form of mourning. It's a form of mourning. A way of mourning that this man is so precious to us. If you die, we are going to die too. I saw some one of our friends in, in Africa that was being buried. was old enough to be maybe 60 something or something. And then when they are doing the funeral, we saw the mourners, they are, those are people that are, they actually hire them to do the mourning. And I saw them, they are, they tried to sleep in the casket with the fellow. And, they were, and I said, what did they say? Well, that's how they mourn. They are professional mourners. They, they, they sleep on the casket. I said, we are done with you. That's really what this uh, word of uh, Thomas was saying. Let us go also go and that we may die with him. It's a mourner's type of a pronouncement of how important this man is to us, we are also going to die with you. Not that they really want to die with him, but at least they will voice those out in form of mourning to make people see that they, they were sorry that the man died. Verse 17, Then 
when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. So by the time he got the message two days before, or maybe maybe took them another one day to travel to get to the place. Maybe they, they have tried and tried to, to get all of the of Christ where he was he was preaching or he was hiding because they couldn't find him anymore in the cities. And they were in the wilderness area. So they have, have sent messages, nobody could get the message to them. And then they said, This thing is serious. This they, they, somebody must have gone seriously to go look and then got to him. I got to him, maybe it was after the, they already buried Lazarus. I said, Lazarus, he said, he said, pray, please come or pray. So then he saw in the spirit that he already did. So he waited two more days. And then after two more days, he said, well, let's go and meet him now. He said, the disciples said what they said, oh, we don't want to go. He said, he's dead, let's go, so that you can believe when you see what is going to happen. That's what he meant. He said, I'm glad I was not there when this happened, so that you all know that we are all here. So we are going to go there and see that he's already in the grave. Then you will believe when I see me call him back from the grave. So that was what he was he meant when he said, I'm glad for your sakes, for your sakes of you, the apostles, that I was not there, as he was not there when this thing happened. To the intent, ye may believe, and these apostles may believe that this is the true Messiah. So now, he, when he got there, he found that they said, oh, Lazarus, oh yeah, four days ago, he was buried. When Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. If it is we that have no, no knowledge of power, we will have said it's too late. You came too late. It's already rotten. So there is thinking by four days now. It's too late. Just, just uh, comfort the sisters and go back. No? Verse 13. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem. About 15 furlongs of very close. There are more like there are 15 furlongs. I don't know what the furlong country for uh, maybe about let's say miles 15 miles that's short 19 verse 19 and many of the jews came to Martha and mary to comfort them concerning their brother because they are also jews in the same neighborhood called judea so people that know them are coming to comfort the sisters where they always talk about the sisters which means these adult women and that's also an adult maybe 20 year old or 20 something we don't know how old was Lazarus that was said to be the youngest of them, perhaps, or in the middle of the two sisters? Uh, maybe probably he was the oldest, we don't know, but he was a young man, according to them. They, they must have lost their parents because they never mentioned their parents. So we assume that their parents were all gone by that time. But they are, many Mata were adult, old enough to marry, perhaps. Maybe Mata, maybe Mata herself was an old lady that should have married, but. Uh, he didn't get married. And so, so that was where it said many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. People believe that Mary was so close to the man that died, Lazarus. Because sometimes you can have a sibling. And these two are very close together, always playing together, always fun of one another. And when one, one thing happened to one of them, that's what we feel it harder. Why the other siblings we mourn, but it's not as not like the one that really was close to to him, or either close in age or just close in the relationship, in the friendship. 
So that's why Mary felt it harder. There's many sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. That is, they believe in healing. They believe Jesus Christ has healed the sick. They have heard it. They have seen it. They have witnessed They were praising God. That's why when he was sick, when Lazarus was sick, they sent for Jesus to heal, come and heal this boy or this man, or pray from that place. You know that because we have heard the story of the centurion saying, you don't need to come, just speak from there. My servant will be made whole. If they believed that, they would have said, if Jesus Christ heard about this story, he could have prayed, but nothing seems to be happening. Lazarus died. Also. So they say, if you have been here, as they know that if you are here, you lay your heart upon him, he will be well. So they believe in healing also. So she said, my brother will not have died if you have been here. But verse 22 is very key. Martha believed more than that. She said, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou we ask of God, God will give it thee. That is, Martha believed so much that you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. And even now, if you ask anything from God, God will give you. So that's a good confession. That he is saying, even though we know it's over, but we know that you are the, the right-hand man with God. That whatever you ask from God, God will give to you. Of course, what about we? What about her? We have been praying and praying and praying and praying to God. We do that God didn't answer. That's what everybody thinks. We prayed and prayed and prayed when this child was, when this boy was sick. We prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And prayed. They were praying to God also. Look at God. <laughs> That's how many of us think. God didn't answer us. But you, God will answer you because you are close to God. That's what she was saying. That we know that I, so I trust that you are close to God. Whatever you ask from God, even now that look at Sule, God will give it to you. So they believe in Christ that he is the Son of God. But God wants us to come to that state. We are also sons of God that whatever we ask from the Father, we will not be denied. We will not be denied. That's really what God wants. He wants us to come to that state. So Martha confessed that, that I know that you can ask anything from God even right now that we thought it's too late. As far as we are concerned, we have prayed. God will answer us. But if you answer you, that's what, that's what she was saying. God didn't answer us, but you answer you if you ask anything. Even right now, we know you can still do it. So Jesus Christ said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Well, that statement looked like futuristic, no sir? Well, of course, futuristic shall rise again. Well, they, they believe that, that when there will be a resurrection in the end of all things, there will be a resurrection. So I Martha confess that. Martha said unto him, I know. That he shall rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So someone like say, well, that's comforting. Maybe you won't see this boy again, this man again for a long time, but he will rise again. I say, yeah, I know he will rise again on the last day. Everybody believe that. The Pharisees believe that they have been preaching that. And anyone that died, there will be a resurrection in the end of all things. And Martha confessed that, yeah, I believe that he will resurrect. Like that's a comforting thing for those that have lost lost one. But now Jesus Christ wanted to tell him what he meant. That is, I'm not talking about the last day. He was talking about what he would do right now for, for them. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believe it thou this. Now, this sense statement here, I have preached it over and over again. 
Christ talk, mentioned two things right here. He mentioned two things in that verse 25 and 26. Because Master, Master just confessed that I believe in that resurrection the last day. It will happen. I believe it. The Pharisees have been preaching it. And we are Pharisees. We believe that God is going to resurrect the dead. Because the Sadducees don't believe that. And they were also in the temple. When the Pharisees preached that, they believed that there will be a resurrection. God is going to resurrect everyone as the dead. And the last day to stand before judgment. So she confessed that. Yeah, I believe that's good comfort. We will see him again at the last day. But Jesus Christ wanted to tell him, tell her more about that. He said, look, I'm not talking about last day. He said, I am the resurrection means I am the one that's going to do that resurrection on the last day. That's what he meant. And the life for them to live and never die, Jesus Christ said, I am the one that's going to make that happen also. So that's what he meant by I am the resurrection and the life. Then he went for said, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. So now that is talking about confirming what uh, Martha said. Anyone that believes in Jesus Christ, though he, they were dead physically, say they shall live. Because God is going to resurrect them at the last day. That's what he said. He just said, I'm the one that's going to live. That's what he said. I'm the resurrection of the life. But he went further, he said, And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believe it, that, is. that says, if you are living right now and you believe in him, you will never die if you will believe that. So that's why he asked the lady again, believe that this. He's not saying believe that that there will be a resurrection. No, he already she already confessed that in the first before Christ said that. But she's saying, Do you believe that you can live and never die if you believe in me? And you believe that I can keep you alive. That the woman didn't understand that. Well, that's what she said. She said, Yeah, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come to the world. That's what she confessed. So, well, that's not what Jesus Christ asked. So, Christ was saying, is the resurrection is going to resurrect those that will be resurrected at the end of time. And whosoever we will believe now, and is living now, and we believe in me, shall never die if you believe it. So, that's why he said, believe it all this. And that is the faith. Because he said it in John chapter 8, that very, very, as if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. He's talking about physical death that he can keep us alive and never see death if we will keep his saying. That's what he, he, he mentioned again. He went say, If ever living and believe it in me shall never die, believe it all this. You have to believe that. Just like he said, keeping his saying. You have to believe and ask him to keep you alive and then begin to keep his saying. And that is the message I've been preaching that Christ has abolished death. He wanted me to emphasize it because it's like the 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 mark, the, 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 the best. The best gift that he gives to mankind, the, the greatest reward, let's call it that, the greatest reward for those that are serving him, only few people have been able to get it. Enoch of old. He's still alive. I've said God took him that you should not see that. So he, he received that greatest reward of following the Lord. Elijah was also given that reward. Even the Bible says he's coming back. But Elijah was given that reward. He pleased God also that God took him that you should not see death until he's going to come back also so that is the greatest reward every other thing we get is reward also but the greatest reward he can give to any man is to live and never die in this our dispensation and he give it to Enoch and Christ wants to give it to the saints at the same time everyone that will be raptured is getting that greatest reward to live and just change to translate in translation and never die is the greatest reward and that's what we are all shooting for and that's what i'm preaching when i say christ has abolished it 
but you have to believe it. You say, well, it's because they will be living at that, they are that generation that will be in the rapture. Yeah. Not everybody that living in that generation will go in the rapture. It's only those that believe, also. Only those that are following Christ, also, that will be transmitted, also. But he said, even if the rapture is not yet, Christ said he's able to keep us till the rapture, or take us away like he took off. He took Enoch away. He's able to do it. That's what he meant that very, very, I said, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see them. Which means he's able to keep them even from the days of uh, the apostles. If one of them is to be granted that he could keep them until the end, or just take them out of the uh, when they are about 120, 100 years old or 12 years old, and just take them to wherever Enoch is. So that is what he was saying that he's able to keep us alive that we never see them. But then, if you go and listen to all the sermons I preach on Christ, it includes keeping our body useful, keeping our body healthy, because these are part of keeping us alive, because death and is the end, this end game of aging process. Aging process is a progression to physical death in the world. So if God is going, if Christ is going to keep us alive that we don't see death, he has to reverse the aging process as we human beings grow old. And that is part of the things he's teaching us, that we have to listen, they keep my saying, he's going to be teaching us individually now, he's going to come and tell you what you should do for your body. And when we do it, we get the reward of that aging process being reversed. Pandemic in the land, he'll come and tell you what you need to do for your own body, because what you need for your body is different from what that man needs for his own body. The doctors will tell you that. I go to the doctor, they check my blood work, they say, well, this thing is high, this thing is low, so if you take this type of medicine, you bring this one low, or if you take this type of a diet, you bring this one high. So that is for this man's body. The, his wife may be different, because the blood composition is different. That's friends, or his brother may be different. So that's why Christ said, you keep my saying individually, if a man. And that is what we are all shooting for, so that we can go please the Lord and meet him and go with him in the rapture, or be alive when he comes in the rapture. And that's our prayer. So if you believe it, keep pursuing it, and Jesus Christ is able to keep us alive. Verse 27. And when now she said unto him, Yeah, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. That was how matter responded. And when she had so said, she went away and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The master is come and called for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now, this is a point about Mary, the, the, according to this, the story, when Jesus Christ visited Mary and Martha, Martha was always trying to make dinner and prepare the table, a very dutiful woman. But Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ, just listening to teaching. Learning, soaking it in all the anointing. And Jesus Christ said, that is preferred. A word woman. Somebody that is interested in the word of God. Jesus Christ said that is preferred because for a teacher, a good student, we always want to listen and want to learn. That will make them have a good relationship with the teacher, the good student. Why this other one just cooking and preparing? It's good. We need to we need to be to be entertained. We need to be hospitalized and hospitable. We need to accommodate people. So matter was doing all those things, and Jesus Christ said. The, what Mary has chosen is preferred because God can create food, God can multiply food, but see, you have to be interested in learning or you to sit there at the feet of Christ and listen. 
and man and, and the builds of spiritual that's the spiritual food the physical food is secondary the spiritual food is more important that's what christ said the spiritual food is more important so now here comes the time when he wanted to do a miracle he wanted mary around where is mary so he says he said this this the deep calls onto deep there's a cord of affection between the teacher and the one that is a good student that is listening the one that's good student around think of it when i was in school you are the first best in the school the best number one in mathematics the number one in this number one in that the teacher will love you the teacher will like this boy and they want to do so they want this boy that is the best in the class to be around i remember when i was in college and the department wanted to buy some new computer they say this is a student that is the the best in our department is actually in computer engineering is the only one in computer engineering so they wanted me to be in the presentation where the somebody that says a sales person from america came to present to them this machine they're going to buy for something in the computer lab and they called me i was the only student in the midst of the people that why because i was the computer engineering student one of the best students in the class so that is why it's like the teacher and the student they have a cord of affection if they if he's the best student is always learning and listening and the teacher always wants to teach so they have that's what jesus christ said he wanted mary around and mary and martha went and called mary secretly and said the master is here and he called it for thee so i'm all the points i want to say make you know that when you learn you you have desire to learn and you are humble enough to learn god is also interested to teach you more uh king david said i have more understanding than my teachers why because after he, the teacher says he went and do it and god the great teacher come and teach him more then he will have more understanding than his physical teachers and god loves that that's why he, if we are humble and we want to learn we get more see he that seek it find it seek to know more seek it by searching the scriptures seek it by reading the word of god seek it by asking the lord by praying and fasting you'll be a good student for the lord Verse 29, as soon as he heard that, as Mary, she arose quickly and came unto him, unto Jesus. Verse 30, now Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, she went unto the grave to weep there. So they thought she was going to the grave to weep again. Then, when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. She also believed the same thing that Martha believed. They believed in healing. That Jesus Christ had been healing the sick. If he had been there, he would have laid his hand upon Lazarus and Lazarus would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. So that began to the, the compassion. And the mourning also came upon her. It's something like you feel for them. Christ fell for them. That she couldn't do anything but to groan in the spirit. And the Bible said. And he said unto her, Where have you laid him? He could see everybody weeping. That touches his mouth in the Lord Jesus Christ. That made the also, also weep. Not that he's weeping that he couldn't do anything. He's weeping for this, for the mystery of mankind. The mystery of mankind. Human being lost something precious and we all weep. 
and you couldn't help, you couldn't do anything. Pastor Alifa said, Jesus wept. Because he said, Lord, come and see. Where have you laid him? He said, come, Lord, come and see. They are taking him to where they laid Lazarus. And Jesus wept. I mean, he was weeping for our for the mankind. We couldn't do anything. When death strike, we, every, we doctors are helpless. And human beings just have nothing to do. We say it's, 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 it's a loss. It's a mystery of mankind that human beings just have no help when these things happen. And they just have to weep. And Christ himself wept with us. That's what he was weeping with them. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. Pastor said, Some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, of course that even this man should not have died? I mean, they are now saying, Well, this man was their friend. He was, we had he opened the eyes of the blind. Why couldn't he stop this man from dying? So that was what they are now whispering behind his back. Jesus could hear them. But Jesus therefore again groaning himself coming to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Now you know after Jesus got knew what he was going to do. He came there to raise up this one. But he has not declared it. He just said, take me to the place. Now verse 39. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Now we will see if we have faith is to be proclaimed and are to be defended. I preached this one in many of my sermons. Jesus told them to take away the stone, and Martha was going to respond. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. I mean, don't take away the stone, he's stinking now. That was the response. And that is the same type of thing that happens when we try to pray for somebody. The devil will bring ideas that make you think, well, don't waste your time. No hope. Don't waste your time. You remember there was a time Jesus Christ was going to following Jairus to go and heal the daughter of Jairus that was sick, a 12-year-old girl, he said. And then before Jesus Christ could get there, you can remember that story in Mark, Mark chapter 9 or chapter 6. And that was when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus Christ and he stopped and I was talking to this woman. And then the people came, he said, people came and told Jairus that your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the master. It's too late. Don't waste your time calling this rabbi anymore. It's too late. But Jesus heard it and said, don't, don't be afraid. You will, you will be, just believe only. She shall be made old. And that was what Jesus Christ said. But see, that, that information from those people that came and told Jairus to forget about calling Jesus is the type of thing the devil will do to, to, to dissuade people. Say, well, it's too late now. Don't waste your time. It's too late. I don't call this man. He can't do anything for you. That was what they did for or Jesus to, to make Jesus turn back, but he didn't turn back. They came and tell, told Lazarus, told, told, told Jairus that. Now here is the same thing. When Jesus Christ said, take away the soul, matter, see, it's just human nature. Response, oh, master, don't take away the soul. That's what he meant. He's thinking by now, he's already thinking. I mean, it's like, don't take away the soul. So Jesus has to respond to that. Verse 40, Jesus said unto her, Jesus has to respond to that. She said, Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou would believe, thou should see the glory of God. So he was reminding Martha that if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. You will see amazing things. Verse 41. Then they took away the stone 
from the place where the dead was laid. So the apostles are doing the rule of the soul. He said, the point is this, God sometimes will make us do what we can do and he will do what we cannot do. Christ could have spoke and the soul will rule itself with also. But he said, he wants you men to rule away the stone. But if they don't believe that he will anything to happen, maybe they will rule away the stone. But say, we do our own part and if we do the part that we cannot do. So that's part of why he told them, rule away the stone. Now, another thing is that the stone will still disturb the man from coming and also. So that stone needs to be out of the way. So there are many things that have been preached from this type of sermon. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, as verse 41, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Now remember the prayer of Jesus, I thank thee that you have heard me. He said, please hear me, please hear me. No. He said, I thank you, you have heard me. May you already pray before you get there. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people we stand by, I said it. That they may believe that thou hast sent me. This, is just a, this prayer is just a show for these people to know that I'm praying to the Father. So that they will say, he's talking to God. No, because as far as they are concerned, he's just a, a man, a prophet. But now, if he's talking to God, they will say, well, it's God that did it. No, so that is why he said, I know you, I don't even need to be praying, but I want these people to see me praying to the Father. That's what he meant. I know you hear me always, but because of these people that are standing by, I said it there. They may believe that thou hast sent me. Because then if he did this thing, they will say, well, God must have sent this man. Well, that's what the Lord wanted to believe, all these Jews. That's what he told you. Because you remember, I just said in the other chapter, that the Jews said, we don't know where this man comes from. We know Moses. God talked to Moses. But this man, we don't know where he is. And these are the Jews that claim to be following God. So if the other Jews are watching, they want to know that it is God that sent me also. Because they are saying, we don't know where this one comes from. God spoke to Moses. We don't know who, who sent this one. So they, say, well, they may know that God has sent me. So then he prays so that they know he's praying to God also. So he lifted up his voice towards heaven and talked. So that was what Christ meant. Verse 14 says, And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Lose him and let him go. So they, they lose us and he was okay. And I've seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. And some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done away. We saw something strange today. That man, Jesus, he called Lazarus out of the grave. Four days in the grave. But see, those supernatural signs and wonders is a verdict against those who don't believe. Indictment, what they call it. They were indicted. So we better believe so that we are, we, we are not going to be in trouble like we said to these cities that saw his miracle and he didn't repent. Verse 45 and verse 46. The, some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what this Jesus, Jesus had done. Verse 47. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, what do we? For this man does many miracles. If we let him toss alone, 
All men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. What were they afraid of? Let me explain what they are talking about. They were afraid that if the, if the Lord Jesus Christ is, call, is calling, is doing this and all, and all the people believed, they are trying to make him king. They are going to hail him as king. And that will be conf conflict with the Roman Empire. That are, that are saying Caesar is the king. So that's what they are thinking of. Say, we are going to be in confrontation with Caesar. And he's going to send soldiers and we're going to be in trouble. We don't, we don't want that to happen. So we have to stop Jesus. They wanted to stop Jesus themselves. That's what the whole purpose of crucifixion is all about. They said, if we, because they, are, they, they, were talk, they were talking of a political messiah. They really look like these Jews, these rulers, these chief priests. So it looked like they were not ready for the political messiah. The nation is waiting for a political messiah. Somebody to take them out of the of the end of the, of, of the of the Romans, but it, it looked like the rulers are not ready for that. They are not. They are afraid. If that happened, there will be war. They were afraid of that. But they saw Jesus Christ doing this and some wonders, and people are saying he is the one. He is the one. He is the one. And they want to stop him because they didn't want to believe he is the one. And you know, if they say he is the one, then this crowd will try to make him king. And we know what's going to happen. It's going to be a war between us and the Romans. So that is what they were afraid of. That's what they were expressing there when they said, if we let him toss alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. That is, the Romans shall come and attack us because we are setting up a king for ourselves. Contrary to Caesar. So that was what they are afraid of. But you see, that was not the mission of our Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't know the mission. He didn't believe the mission. So they were thinking, if we let if we let this thing happen, we will be responsible for starting a war. And then their high priest was on the side of let's kill this man. Verse forty nine said, and one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people. And that the whole nation perish not. And this speak he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. You see, sometimes people misinterpret their prophecies or give a prophecy that's actually from the devil. Look at what they said this high priest prophesied that he prophesied Jesus should die for the nation. But what does that mean? Look at what he said, verse 52. And not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. What do they what does he mean by that? Or what did that mean to them? The children of God that are scattered abroad means for the Jew, the Israelites that are scattered everywhere. He was saying, he prophesied, which means he was saying God was speaking through his mouth. Whether it was God or it was the devil that put it in his mouth, this is what he was telling them that. Jesus Christ should die for the nation. We, we know that he died for the world, not for the nation. But it is a prophecy that was, would have been spoken but misinterpreted. Would have been given but misinterpreted. Like if somebody had a dream and he saw this thing and he saw the end result and then said it means we have to kill him. And they will be misinterpreted. And that is how they interpreted it that we, they have to kill him. Well, that's what he was telling them that we, 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 we no one should die for the people. 
and that he's going to gather all the scattered flock. If that was shown to this man who prophesied, let's say it was shown to him in a dream or a vision, that this would be the end result of this man being crucified or killed, and he will be gathering, spiritually gathering the people of God. That by relating it in a way, make them think they have to kill him. And in the end, that was what they did. Also. But God already knew that that was the plan to redeem mankind. But they were guilty for false interpretation of a dream or false prophecy or something like that. So they are guilty of all those things and that they even implemented it is a worse guilt. But in the end, that was what happened. From verse 33, from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. Now they were themselves designed that they have to kill this man. Because they think if they don't kill him, there's going to be a revolution. The people are going to are, are going to start a revolution that will bring Roman Empire to come against the nation of Israel. So that was what they were their own fear was. And they said we better stop him before the crowd turned the whole nation against the Roman Empire. But in the end, that happened many years later to somebody else. Like Christ said, I come in my father's name, you receive me. And now that will come in his own name. Somebody led them to rebel against the Roman Empire around 70 AD. That became their political leader. And they were all destroyed and scattered and the city was destroyed by the Roman Empire. But Christ already prophesied that that will be a vengeance. Well, the true light came, they rejected it. They wanted the false leader, false light. And at the end of the world, so another Antichrist will come that will lead the whole nation into a world war or Armageddon. All of those are prophecies anyway. Let's continue and wrap up this chapter 11. Very intriguing also. Verse 54. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence unto a country near to the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim. And there continue with his disciples. Now it's like Christ was more or less staying in a, in a wilderness area where he didn't want to be in the midst of the Jews because they were now looking for him to arrest him or, or stone him. Because they have put a wanted, like they wanted dead or alive kind of a thing. They already want him, they already announced that anybody will find wherever he is, we want to arrest him. That is 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 to be killed. Verse 55. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. And that is the last Passover. And Jesus Christ knew that it was to be the Lamb of God to be sacrificed for the nations of the world, for the rest of the world, for the whole world, at the Passover. So the Passover, that's why he was staying away till the Passover, so that they wouldn't, because you have to remember when that Passover day was saying, we have to do it quickly before the, before the Sabbath started. If they have gotten him a week, two weeks before that, they will have wanted it over a week, a week or two before the Passover. Because they are saying, we can't do it on the on the feast day. We can't do it on the feast day. But that's why Christ stayed away, because it has to be on the feast day. It has to be the Passover lamb. The, the, the sacrifice has to be as a Passover lamb for the whole world. That's why Christ stayed away, as if he was hiding from them. But it was for a purpose, because he had to be a Passover lamb for the whole world. And he has to go there and be crucified at the Passover. That's why he stayed away. Otherwise, the people are already saying, let's arrest him. They want to do it even before the Passover. If they can find where he's hiding, they want to arrest him. They will have to take him to Pilate and say, kill him right now, three weeks before the Passover, or 
Well, one week before Passover, so that they don't have to deal with this. So, but Jesus Christ uh, hid, hid, hid himself until the Passover. Verse 56. Then sought they for Jesus and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple. What thinking that he will not come to the feast? Now, both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he was, he should show you that they might take him. See what I say? They were already given a, a verdict out that they should show where he is hiding and they want to arrest him. They wanted to do it before the Passover office. If they could get hold of him, they wanted to arrest him before the Passover office. But Christ hide, went away into the place where they couldn't find him until he came for the Passover because it is a Passover lamb that has to be sacrificed to the Lord. So you can understand the whole purpose. Not that he was afraid of them, he just knew that if they find the opportunity, they would want to do this thing before the Passover. But it is not to be done except for Passover sacrifice. I pray that the Lord will give you understanding that why we are following him, he died to save mankind. If he has not died on the cross, we will not be saved. He died to save mankind. And I believe that God will give you more understanding. God bless you.